This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Yes, we have. My name is Andrew Herzog, as you see right here on this uh, nifty, little nifty uh, TV screen we got back here. Normally, the fat guy stands here, but I thought <laughs> I would stand here today. And today we have with us Glenn Beck's TV producers. We have JP. Hello. We have Hello. Caleb in the middle. Say hi. <laughs> he doesn't talk a whole lot. He doesn't. And then we have Jason, as we all know, who has uh, co-hosted before here on the Pat and Stu Show. Yeah. So, without further ado... I wanted to jump right into Brexit because I find Gosh. that absolutely fascinating. Mm. Because you know, I, find, I, I, I read the news that they were like thinking about dropping out. And I said, that's not going to happen. Then all of a sudden, Britain chooses to leave. No one saw that coming. That's why it's so shocking. Well, I thought Brexit was going to be like this, this, I don't know, Euro- European word I had never heard of before. <laughs> but it's not. It's just like, like a weird British, British exiting. Yeah, like a weird British food. <laughs> they, they, I was kind of disappointed when I found that out. Yeah, they're like, British exit. Hmm, Brexit. Yeah. Okay. So I spoke a little bit on this yesterday. Now, to me, this highlights an overall global phenomenon, and that is a huge social divide between what some people call the elites, um, but you'll hear other people call it technocrats, whatever. But basically, it's the people that think that they are smarter than the rest of the world. They're smarter than you and me. They're they're the educated people. They're They're the the ones, though. The accent makes them sound smarter. Well, yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. But there's this huge divide between what they want us to do and the, the direction that they want to take the world into and their own little countries and what average, ordinary, everyday mom and pop, what the average, ordinary Joe wants, what they want. Um, average, ordinary, everyday, ordinary people, they want sovereignty. Mm-hmm. They want borders. They don't, you know, if, if you are on the fence about this, let me just propose this really quick. As an American, do you feel comfortable giving up your sovereignty and taking an order from a foreign power. Would yeah. you feel comfortable with that? No, no, absolutely not. Of course not. We fought a revolutionary yeah. war over right, this. That's right. our culture versus the rest of the world. Exactly. So, Jason, like, since you're so big on the history side of this thing, could, you, could we American look, Americans look at it as their own revolutionary like, revolution? Kind of. Okay. I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, there, there, the, the big difference being back in the 1700s, there wasn't this overall huge push to make these supra- uh, super ultra states, yeah. these these huge mm-hmm. entities that are going to govern the masses. There mm-hmm. wasn't that I- in the past. But, I mean, back then it was all nation states. Um, today it's let's gather 50 nation states and let's um, impose our will. Let's have a, a handful of people and impose our will on everyone else. Right. It was hard enough back in the day to legislate and rule from London to the far outreaches of right. Scotland. You know, it was hard yeah. to do that. And that's the idea of here in America, we don't want Washington politicians telling people in California what to do. You'd say, you're literally so far apart, 
you have no idea what our culture in this part of the country is like. Yeah. So, no. We yeah. want our own sovereignty and our own self-determination. And the Britons are finally looking like just 52%, just barely a minority. It wasn't a huge blowout. Yeah. It was just eh, a little bit more than half said, okay, we want to determine ourselves what we want. We don't want someone in Brussels telling us what to do. I don't understand all the hubbub when people lose their minds saying, you're a racist. Right. How dare you? Exactly. And you, but you said the words that this is really about. Sovereignty and self-determination. Now, there is the group, uh, again, it's, this is the, the elites, uh, the pro-Remainers, have made this about xenophobia. They've taken it instantly to, oh, you're a racist. You're a bigot. Where have we heard that before? Yeah. That's the left arguments here in the United States. You literally cannot have an opinion that's counter to what the elites want you to think. If they do, they instantly call you a woman hater. You're a bigot. You're a racist. Sit down and shut up. Now, that's what they're saying over there. Uh, that there, there was this hilarious interview with uh, Christiane Amanpour mm -hmm. just recently. Do yep. we have that? Yeah, we do. We got a few clips from it last night, and I want to play. We'll play the first one, and we'll kind of digest it and see uh, why I like Daniel Hannon and why I don't like Amanpour. Let's go ahead and watch the first one. <laughs> I don't think there's any secret about what the plan is. It's, it's a repatriation of power. We have to, of course, accept the constraint of a very narrow result. 48% of British people voted for no change. We can't just wish that fact away. We have to respect their opinions. Two of the four nations within the UK voted for the status quo. And so we may have to temper what we're doing and, and go for a more gradual and more phased repatriation of power while leaving some of the existing stuff in place. Now I'm hearing, you know, a very much softer, gentler version of what you uh, proposed during the campaign. Temper some of the stuff. Like what? Like immigration? Mm. Because you yourself mm -hmm. have sort of stepped back. So has Boris Johnson. What have I stepped back from? You have said yes. that... Let me get my... Yes, I've said that, that we want control back rather than no, numbers No, no, you have said that maybe we're not... Yes, And exactly. when did I ever say the opposite? You have when said did I ever not the say numbers that? Right, when well, did I ever not say that? Listen, I wrote you know, a book about you've been, this. you've been through all of this on other channels. The reason people voted, the majority of them, and I can play you uh, what no, they've no, said, Christian, is you to just, stop you immigration just accused me of doing into this a country. No, backtracking. Okay, maybe that's a Okay, you've accused me of backtracking. When have I ever said anything different? You I, have said, and your Leave campaign, and you are the lead okay. spokesman of the Leave campaign, that immigration and I, the free flow of movement was the sine qua non. Never, I've never, ever said that. Okay, there are two things with that right off the bat that I noticed. He was very reasonable at the beginning, saying, look, it was just a slight minor, uh, majority that wanted to leave. So we are absolutely going to take into account the two nations who said, no, we want to stay, and the 48% of people who said they want to stay. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to ease into <clears throat> it. We're not just going to say, screw you. We're going to just, you know, do what the European Union did to us and just bypass us and say, nope, well, there's the... Uh, there's the new law. That's what we're doing. Did he you sound like the radical there? Absolutely not. He was oh my god, she did because did you see her? Her body language was just Ooh, yeah. anger, anger. She was worked anger. up. She was leaning she into it. Daniel, was, we figured mm, that out. She I, hates him. I hate advocate journalism. I hate it. Now we're we're guilty on it on both sides mm -hmm. uh, of the spectrum. Every each side has their own uh, advocate and trying to push their own agenda in the, in, in the uh, in in media, but. This right, she she just epitomizes. I mean, look at she's trying to put words in his mouth right there in front of him, mm -hmm. and he's literally like the the more he's trying to actually say no. Look, lady, report on what the actual facts are. Fine, report on what he said, but don't try to put words in his mouth. The the problem a lot of these um, a lot of people fall into is they everything becomes black and white, and it isn't black and white. So their argument is everybody who voted leave is a racist xenophobe. Are there racist and xenophobes who voted to leave? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. we, can, we can go out there and we can find all the people who did. But to then 
pro uh, to paint the whole movement with that brush and say, well, we found these this group of people who are definitely racist and they voted to leave. The whole group is racist. No, well, that wasn't their argument. Right. Immigration wasn't even their top push. For people like Hannon, if you watched him throughout the campaign, his push was national sovereignty mm -hmm. and pulling away from the EU experiment, which has been an argument they've been making the entire time. The EU is a new experiment. They only started oh, yeah. in the, what, early 90s? 93, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And th since the very uh, uh, beginning of the EU, there's been a portion of Britain who never wanted to do that. Right. For economics, they don't even use the, uh, not the pound, they use the pound. They don't use the euro. Right. So they're already, like, um, I forget which comedian said it, but he's like, there's already an arm's length distance from the EU that the, Britain, the Britons already had. They said, look, we're going to use our pound, and we're going to try to maintain as much control as we still can. Right now, it started pushing further and further. They'd lose their sovereignty, and they're saying, okay, enough is enough. Give us back our country. We want to determine what to do with our borders. And if they choose to let in 50 million immigrants. That's their decision. Right. Let the Britons decide what's best for their country, their borders, and if the uh, Scot Scots and the Irish want to go back to the EU, well, then they can have that vote. It's letting them determine what they want to do and not being told what to do. Yeah. This, this whole began, and, and now we're, we're talking about them using uh, leftist tactics, you know, instantly calling you a xenophobe, racist bigot. This that, whole thing began... That or they're saying that you're using, uh, you're manipulating the races and xenophobes to come to your side. Right. So you're either mm. instigating it by manipulating them, by encouraging it, or you are one. But this whole thing began, uh, literally, you, you could probably make the case that this, I mean, the EU began to fall apart in 2008. That is the trigger point when this whole thing started. Was that an immigration problem? Was that a massive influx of um, ISIS cells, you know, and then and then uh, you know immigrants raping uh, right. you know women and children in, in in Germany? No, none of that was going on yet. This was all an economic problem to begin with. Now, Britain is one of the only countries within the EU that really doesn't have that much of an economic problem at the moment. They're one of the most stable mm -hmm. countries, economically speaking. And Germany. W with it, yeah, Germany yeah. would be the other one. Mm -hmm. The problem is the Mediterranean is bringing the entire union down. Um, Nigel Farage mentioned that yesterday. He was like, he, he had the gall to say that your experiment is not work, it's not working anymore. Right. And of course there were the jeers, you know, and people like, you know, freaking out. He's like, okay, ex basically explain the Mediterranean. They have 20% unemployment down there. 20%. Now, that's opposed to, in Germany, they have about 4% unemployment. Now, you can kind of imagine how people are starting to get mad. Mm -hmm. And Germany is basically calling all the shots now. Germany well, is basically like, mm -hmm. they're, they're almost like the Gestapo, yeah. uh, as far as... Well, really? <laughs> for lack Jeez. of a better word. <laughs> Excuse me, for lack of You're a better word. my people. <laughs> I mean, Herzog, come on, you don't get more German than that. Um, let's play devil's advocate here. I understand why they tried to start the EU in 93, because they said, look, our continent has had lots of problems, lots of wars, a lot of people have died. Yes. But you don't need to tie each other together in the same boat to all make progress and you know help one another. You can say, no, we're all individual states minding our own business, and now we're going to sign our own trade deals and get along like friends. You don't have to tie each other together in the well, boat, and then when someone starts to drown, you drag everybody else down. Yeah. Well, we That's were what talking about trying that. to do. We were talking about that because we were saying that one of the key reasons for the EU was to, to help bring an era of peace and prosperity because the, we were talking about the long history of uh, German and French aggression towards one another. Oh, yeah. How do we stop that? Well, Guaranteeing peace and prosperity. Yep. Well, now they cannot guarantee prosperity. 
So what is going to happen to the peace aspect of that? And you <laughs> All bring up a very, nationalism. Yes, yeah. you bring up a very good point. Oh, Gil. we lost the prosperity a while ago with Spain and uh, mm -hmm. Portugal, yep. Greece. Oh, all bringing it down, yeah, absolutely. Well, the whole world, yes, but then particularly that continent, yeah, it's already been failing to prosperity. Right. And then for not Farage, uh, Hannon says that he goes, look, we want to leave because we believe we can do better trade deals with the rest of the world rather than being tied to this trash. Every other continent is growing with GDP except Europe. And remember, yeah. the debate over the pound happened before the crash. It was '07 where they mm -hmm. were trying to push Britain to uh, adopt the euro, and they said, no, we're keeping the pound. This was before. Really before yeah. we saw the entire oh, world's man. economies come down. Shoot. So this wasn't after where Britain decided, no, this was before all the economic mess happened. So there's once already in the past of them saying, no, we're not going to take your well, you can, currency, yeah. and it saved them. You can go now all the saying, way back we to... we want to leave. Maybe they are kind of sensing something's about to happen, which we all know. Come on, the EU is so screwed right you now. You can go all the way back to 1990 and Margaret Thatcher arguing, arguing in the House of Commons against uh, further, um, f further, you know, centralization of the European governments. Because they, they were trying to make a version of the EU back then. Mm -hmm. Margaret Thatcher was like, nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but, but let's play devil's advocate on, on, another, on another way. So I would argue that the EU was created because of two countries that will never get along. They'll never get along. They've never gotten along in the past. They'll never get along in the future. Right. And that's France and Germany. Yeah. Yep. They will never. And that's been the focal point of two world wars mm -hmm. um, in, you know, in this century. So the EU was created to bind them economically. So they could say, look. Or they had to work together. You have to work together. Yeah. That, and that is the fear of old world, world ugly European nationalism is the reason why they created the EU. So now as we see with Britain, the first country leaving, all the other countries that may that may leave. Look, on one hand, we have, hey, it's it's a victory for sovereignty. It's a victory mm -hmm. for sovereignty. It's a victory for small government, which all of us, I think, can agree with. But on the other hand, you have to be ready to deal with the fact that old world nationalism will return to Europe. But look at all these form. other countries that are now wanting to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how many other ones are there? Are there five still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, multiple. Several, yeah. There's like Netherlands, Denmark. France. I thought sure. I heard Germany. France. Was one of them. Yep. France. Germany. Why not? Because they're the linchpin of the entire union now. Right. Everything is relying on them. Germany does not want. No. Germany uh, does, does not. Germany want wants to stay. G Germany wants to stay because Germany. Okay. Fifty percent of Germany's GDP goes to exports. Most of those exports are within mm -hmm. the European Union free trade zone. Yeah. Um, a, a big majority of those go to the UK. That, I'll get to that point in a second. But <laughs> they, their entire survival is based off the trade zone. Which, let's get real, the European Union is just a big trade. It's like NAFTA. It's like NAFTA, but yeah, a little bit with is. a little bit more European smugness and a parliament. And accents. Yeah, mm -hmm. and accents. <laughs> yes. That's basically all it is. <clears throat> now, the UK leaving is definitely going to spark off all these debates on how much... How much do we give? Do we give them an inch? Do we give them a mile? Do we basically, if we're, if we're, if we're Germany and Brussels, do we basically say, um, no harm, no foul. We're going to keep everything basically the same. You can call the shots that you want to call. Or do they try to make an example out of the British to uh, force other countries to not try something it's like gonna that? It's going to be the latter, yeah. I think. But this is why it won't be that. I'll go against you guys. Because the majority of... Germany's exports, who is basically oh. controlling this. Oh, yeah. Mo a lot, a big portion of them go to the UK. Now, it's great for Angela, Mer Angela Merkel to say, yes, we're going to be hard on them and we can't, we, we got to take our stand here. 
Okay, where are you going to make up all that lost revenue that you're going to have? You're going to say you're going to take out all the banks and you're going to put them in Frankfurt? Okay, how? Because the financial system has been going on long before the EU was ever created. It's a 200-year-old financial system. The wow. banks that are making money, the institutions that are making money in London, they're not going anywhere, guys. They're not going. They let Germany wants to do something badly, but they can't. Their hands are tied. So what do you think Germany's next thing, move going to be? <laughs> um, I think they're going to do a lot in of big talking. Big Poland. Yeah, uh, no. yeah, I, yeah, right. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of heavy talking. Lot I of... said Gestapo, you got mad. You said invade Poland. This is, come on. Um, <laughs> I can say that joke, though. <laughs> so, people call me a grammar Nazi all the time. You're German I'm, privilege. Okay. Okay. You're yeah. German, German privilege. privilege. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? Let's get into the other side about something else that Daniel Hannon said in regards to economic policy. So we'll go ahead and take a break so we can drink a little more coffee, and we'll see you on the other side. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's good. Good to see. You. Well, we can't see you. Whatever. Never mind. Forget it. We're talking more about Brexit here, and we're gonna let's just jump right here into Han and telling Amanpour. Look, we had economic reasons for wanting Brexit. We're not racists. Sit down and shut up. He likes to put her in her place, and I respect that. Love so it. let's watch the second clip here. People at home can Google this. They can look at what I've said, and they can so, see whether so, it's fair so for you, you to accuse me, me of having you. done Let me something. ask you, are you then saying that this immigration mm -hmm. is going to be much so lighter than you all promised? I have never, ever made any commitment on numbers, ever. On the contrary, I have said it's on facts. Yeah. No free movement of, uh, 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 of What we said labor. is we would take back control. Now, what that means is that a foreign court should no longer get to determine who can reside in this country, who can enter this country, that that should be a question for parliamentary sovereignty. Okay. We are clear about that. So you're that saying, you're it saying does not that parliamentary sovereignty could quite easily allow the same number of people to keep coming that in? be a decision for parliament. That's how democracy works. Kidding me? What? This whole thing was run on. No, can no, I play for you? You guys can have been I shouting racist so long. No, you weren't listening to what say, we were actually saying. Did I say saying. that? When you retract when that, when have right I now. ever? Did I say when that? When have I ever made immigration? Did my I issue? say that? You, well, Did I say you have that? accused me of backtracking, backtracking and I want you to racist. give me one bit, bit of evidence. Two. It is a global country, a merchant country, a maritime country. We've always been connected to every continent and archipelago. Right? The argument against the EU is that it's in decline and that we can do better raising our eyes to more opulent markets overseas. What are people that has say? been my argument throughout on every interview, every speech, and I've written a book called Why Vote Leave where it's all set out. Well, first, first of all, before I make this point, I love that, like, you retract that right now. Was, <laughs> come on. She took it so personal. You're, so, so personal. you're doing the same thing to me. <laughs> Jeez. But the thing is, we can find evidence the day before uh, she was on on uh, she was on um, she was on TV saying, you know, uh, this this Brexit vote is surprising, but it's clearly due to xenophobians and 
that and you're like that's yeah. and see, you and just said that the day before it's such a huge point and he called her on it in the very beginning yeah. and this is so important to, to see because this is how the left tangles and distorts things on this end in our own country but she was saying how it, this is all about xenophobia this is all about the immigrant issue and he's like, no, that's not what we said. We just said that we want the power to choose who comes into our country. We're not saying that we're going to halt immigration. Mm-hmm. We're not, we haven't even discussed our policies on it. But the first thing you did was you took one issue and you made it the issue, even though it's completely false. And seriously, that is exactly how the left works on this on this side of the Atlantic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Even though Daniel and Farage have both said, look, our main issue is economics. We want to mm-hmm. get out. We want to be in charge of that. Right. And then a nice little side note is we can finally decide who comes into our country, which is totally understandable. It's not racist. You can, not, you can choose not to let in other white people to England and say, no, this guy's an idiot. He's a criminal. We don't want him in our country. For you to just automatically assume immigration is all about race and you don't want to let someone with a different skin color in, well, then that just shows how ignorant you are. Right. right. We're, and we were talking about this over the break. Um, there's been a lot of fear-mongering. Some of this is part of the fear-mongering with the xenophobia claiming that xenophobia is going to come to Britain and it's going to be, you know, hellhole and it's going to be crazy. The other thing has been the economic ramifications. Um, Instantly after this all happened and while it was going down, you saw the markets. I mean, global markets were Mm -hmm. just going crazy. The pound sterling also took a crazy nosedive. And and all all of the pro-remainers were saying, look, see, we told you this is going to happen. It's, you know, it's an economic, you know, uh, catastrophe. It's, you know, it's the end of the world. But slowly, the, you know, the market started leveling out. Things started going back to normal a little bit. They still haven't completely, but they will. Let me tell you why what that is. Now, don't jump off the cliff when you see things like this happen, even though that's what the people that want you to knee-jerk want you to think. Right. The problem is, and this is all about the markets, the so markets we- revolve and react around predictability. Now, the moment that mm-hmm. stock markets lose that predictability, they stop buying. Mm-hmm. They stop, they start selling, they, st- they stop looking towards the future because they cannot predict the future. That is the entire reason why the market reacts this way. When It's all about predictability. When they lose the control to predict the future, things go a little haywire. But eventually things iron out, things they even out. out. Yeah, they level out. People start, you know, uh, they start to get a clearer vision of what the future is going to be like. And then it's business as usual. It's business as normal. Things go back to, yeah, go back people, to normal. People like John Oliver assume that Boris... Boris, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson would be the next PM. He's like, oh, it's looking like he wants to do it. But then he announced today, no, I don't want it. It's not for me. I can be for the movement without right. trying to promote myself and try to be the PM. So in the John Oliver clip that we have today, he was freaking out, being a total fear monger. And needless to say, he's a little pissed, which is funny. So let's, let's watch the Oliver clip real quick. Before you have any sympathy for David Cameron, you should know this whole vote was his idea in the first place. We will give the British people a referendum with a very simple in or out choice. Yes, Cameron proposed the in or out choice himself, which he normally only does when he's deciding whether to f- a pig's mouth. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, the Brexit vote has boosted its two most vocal backers, Nigel Farage, leader of the UK Independence Party and three-time cover model for Punchable Face magazine, <laughs> and Boris Johnson, a shaved orangutan with Owen Wilson's hair. Take this Portuguese woman who has lived in the UK for years and has built a life there. I have two daughters. One was born in Portugal. The second one was born in the UK. And they asked me this morning, Mum, what is going to happen to us? And I told them, at this point, no one knows. 
I don't know my future. I don't know how to explain my children what is going to happen to their future. Oh, perhaps I can help you with that, because it's easy. Just tell them that they might be screwed because a pig <laughs> called for a vote, a bus had some <laughs> written on it, and then two idiots named Nigel and Boris quoted President Bill Pullman. All right, obviously, hey, there's nothing a number wrong with of Bill Pullman. Wrong with nothing wrong with President Bill Pullman. That's what you took from that? <laughs> yes. From the whole video? The whole video. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I saw something a little different. At the very beginning, he was like, he's so pissed that the British people right. chose something. Well, he, Obviously, he's not a fan of letting the people decide what they want. He would rather just tell well, them what to uh, do. It, in his defense, but he thinks the people, uh, he's upset with the British people's choice because he thinks their choice was tainted by lies and, um, and mistruths. So, right, which we did the same thing when we're like, wow, Obama got elected again. And we think he did it through lies, but <laughs> you move on at some point and say, yeah, okay, right. it happened, but, okay, whatever, so let's, let's get deal with it. Yeah, yeah, see how you can fix but, it. But what, what was weird there is taking on David Cameron for giving the people the chance. Yeah. It, like we said, the whole, the whole British involvement in the EU has been a contention for debate since the 90s. And uh, th there has been a growing effort for them to get a vote to leave. So David Cameron finally said, okay. If uh, you re-elect me prime minister, I will give you that vote. The, the criticism the on, on Cameron was very unfair. Oh, so yeah. oh, I think so. He was literally in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. On the, so you had the UKIP that was rallying everybody up. You had the entire country, based, well, you had 51%, 52% of the country that was yelling and screaming to leave the EU. Now, you had his entire party that wanted to remain, mm -hmm. plus the majority of... Uh, the liberal labor group that also wanted to remain. So there's little, I mean, all the elites wanted to remain. All the people, or the majority of the people, wanted to wanted to stay. Or I'm sorry, wanted to wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. So there was there was no way for him to win there. The only option he had was to call for the referendum. Yeah. It was the only option. But so did you did you like Cameron? Uh. I don't know. I mean, he's he's one of those globalist uh, type leaders. Um, there's no difference between him, to, uh, really, in my opinion, than someone like Angela Merkel, someone mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not all about the uh, globalist agenda, and I don't want to. I hate even saying that because I all of a sudden sound like I'm on Infowars or Alex Jones <laughs> or something like that. There's a difference between not yes. being for a globalist agenda and then also believing that chemtrails are killing our children, and so is the toothpaste that they use. Right. So a huge difference. In general, I don't really pay attention to European politics because it's not my business. But then once you see Britain try to make its own choice, right. and everybody bitches at them. You think, okay, maybe now I need to get involved. For their defense, to say, no, they get the right to choose. Every single one of those countries should be able to choose what they want to do with their own freaking country. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know why that's such a problem for people to wrap their minds around. It's a fascinating story. Oh, it is. I mean, yeah. right now in America, everything's really boring. Pretty well, much. And I it's mean, a global phenomenon. So it really yes. is, yeah. You can't Nobody had really known about it before. Yeah. Nobody was like, okay, well, we don't. There's so many millennials or other people that are like, mm -hmm. what's the EU? They're just learning about the EU. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty bad. The day after, the number <laughs> the of s the yeah, Google the searches for what, what is the EU. EU. That's that, problematic. Coming from Europe, Google found out that most of those, the, the mass amount of people looking for what is the EU was coming from Europe. <laughs> it shows you how consequential uh, the EU is. How yeah. important. Literally, I mean, people always talk about what's going to happen now. Like, what's going to happen now? My, 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 
pretty ridiculous prediction because it's I'm looking way off into the future. Mm -hmm. But I think that yes, eventually the EU is going to pretty much splinter apart. You're going to have certain um, certain groups of countries that will stick together, probably make their own you know uh, alliances. Um, it's going to look very similar to the map pre-World War One. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds alarmist, but that's going to be pretty much how it was. That was a cultural groups kind of stuck together around that point. That's interesting. Um, that's probably what you'll see. But you'll, I, I guarantee you that free trade is going to remain. And that's basically all the European Union is. Yeah. It's a free trade mm -hmm. economic block, but just a little bit more fancied up. That's about it. If you're Oliver, though, you're worried about a Portuguese woman and her, <laughs> you know, her... Future. Yes, she's telling. really worried because she can't see. She her can't future. see the future. She as soon as I saw it. that, I said, "What the hell? What do you expect? None of us know your future. <laughs> I don't even know my future." But her her point was saying, "Like I'm worried about my kids." Okay, fair enough. My problem was with Oliver bringing it up, trying to fearmonger yeah. and add an emotional element to the debate to say, "Look, let's think about the kids and the families." And you're like, "Well, look, no one said in Brexit that they were going to shut." immigration down and not let anybody in <clears throat> just because your second child was born in portugal and not britain doesn't mean that she couldn't become a citizen that has nothing to do with the debate of leaving the eu leaving the eu does not negate the child born in portugal to becoming a britain citizen can i can i tell you what my problem with john oliver is his accent yes his face <laughs> yes his points and yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. On a roll. And I, but, but, but my, but the over, overarching thing, the umbrella argument See, on this, I, I, I is that he's a like Brit, John Oliver, most of the oh, time. Boo. He's a British. This is my problem. He's a British pundit talking about typically talking about this is the one exception, but typically talking talking about American politics. Which but he does live in America. Yeah. yeah, bro. I don't care what you think. <laughs> if we're doing stuff wrong, oh, I don't he's... care about you. Uh, Pierce Morgan, shut up. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I go back to Morgan. go Pierce back Morgan to the UK and talk sucks. about UK politics. Um, yeah, I don't know. John I, Oliver, talk about UK politics. Go. Do we have American pundits that go over to UK and tell them how much they suck? Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Well, technically, if you look in the past two weeks, we probably do. <laughs> well, we do it from here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but our like market is not to move to the UK and tell them how much their gun laws suck. That's true. Yeah. But we they no all love doing here. that over here. Oh yeah, they do. Because we have it good over here. Yes. Compared to them. Yes. Well said, JP. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And now it's time for another break because yes, time for a break. <laughs> Did you see? Got it. Over oh, here. look at that! Oh, 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 look over here! Oh my God! You, you come over here. Yeah, look at that! It's yeah. All right, let's Give go. Give me a break, break this thing! Come on! Jeez! That, that was one of the worst. most embarrassing <laughs> moments I think I've seen from our president in at least a month. But but awesome. At the oh, yeah. but, but so awesome. No, that was fun. <laughs> so good. The, they, well, the, the whole idea of photo shoots are always comical because oh, yeah. you, and you, ha awkward. you have to get the right pose, and we know why we do it, but. 
when you watch it live, because when you see the photos, they look cool. Ooh, they're being presidential. Ooh, but when you see nice. how the photo ops are made, that's it's, it's what It's kind of like the, you, you would have figured there was someone there that was going to say, all right, guys, we just want you to handshake. Just do a little handshake, pat on the back, and then you're going to walk down first, and the president, president of the United States will be last. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. Yeah, absolutely not. No. They were I, just they, Trudeau decided to shake Obama with his right, but then for some reason decided to try to go with his left, and I think he regretted that as soon as he did it and was like, oh, I'm going to back out, and then he put his arms and... and he, he, was, he, was trying <laughs> to do the Jimmy, he was trying to do the Jimmy Carter, um, Oh, like the one from the... What was that? Palestinians. Yes. And the oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. Something like that, yeah. And then, and then the photo op where they're just like, oh, my God, a building, look. And then they're just <laughs> put, put my hand in my pocket and kind of point off in the distance. Yeah. I picture Obama saying, Trudeau, you point that way, I'll point this way. And then we'll just exactly what happened. nod. And, and then the poor Mexican the president, poor he he's like, oh, like what's, what's going on? And then he looks out and he's like, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> you know he's thinking that, going like, oh, he's like, eh? Yeah. Well, he, he walked down those first camera. three steps, he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. He's like, damn it, guys. You made me walk down first. Now I'm standing here. What's funny to me at? is their lack of, uh, their lack of, I don't know what you Chemistry. Call it. Chemistry. Yeah. Because they are, for, I don't know, this is the first time in a long time, I think, that all the entirety of North America has been dominated by a very left-leaning leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the Mexican president comes from, they actually, Mexico has two competing, I think this is, Kind of a first anywhere in the world. They have two com- uh, competing socialist-style, leftish government uh, political parties. Really? And he's just one of them. Huh. Um, uh, we all know who Trudeau is also yeah. uh, very mm-hmm. left-leaning. Obama, obviously. So you'd think that they would have a lot to talk about. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they would be... I figured they'd be... Instead of that whole debacle, they'd be singing Kumbaya and, like, roasting s'mores up there or something like that. They wouldn't dare light a fire. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> stick it in the market. I missed it, but where did that actually take place? Was uh, that Canada? Uh, in Ottawa. Canada, Ottawa. Yeah. okay. So, yeah. Got their, it. What is it? The North American Leaders Summit? Yeah. Yes. That's a, that's it's a one of my title. favorite summits. I go there every oh, year. Oh, my favorite, too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's also so ridiculously... Worthless and pointless. I mean, I'm all for the you know us you know communicating with each other too. But I mean, what we all know that we need to have good trade relations. We do with Canada. We do with uh, with Mexico. None of us really have major problems yet. Yeah. Um, So it 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 just makes me wonder what the heck those guys actually talk about. They're like, well, we're kind of on the verge of collapse and just destruction of North America altogether. Well, I'm sure Trump was a big part of that. He was probably a a big. Every other question during the press conference was. How's Trump going to affect this if he wins? Every oh other God. question. Oh, yeah. sure. I love how the glo- global media really likes to harp on the power of the American president. Oh, yeah. And what does it mean if Trump becomes president? What does it mean if Bernie Sanders comes, becomes president? Oh, my gosh, everything's going to be crazy. Let me, let me let everyone in on a little secret. The framers of our government designed our government to make sure that the president really didn't have that much kind of power. Now, we've, we've evolved the, the job description of the American president to be the leader of the free world. But, I mean, that's very an over-exaggeration. He's really not all that powerful. There are limits to what he can get done. Now, if you contrast that to, like, say, in, in, in Europe, where big charismatic leaders have been responsible for two world wars, yeah. um, they know what it's like to see mm-hmm. a scary leader and the lack of a government that can put a, a rein in on a, and a harness on a leader like that. But our president is really... I remember uh, Glenn's talked about this, this on his show a couple of times, but said that he sat in uh, the Oval Office with um, George W. Bush when, back oh, when right. he was with Fox. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he, he, said, he was talking to George Bush and saying, how can you do this? How can you do this? I can't believe you did this. And George Bush looked him dead in the eye, was very serious, and said, look, it does not matter if I'm sitting in this, in this chair. 
if Bill Clinton was sitting in this chair, mm. whoever else, Obama <clears throat> in the future is sitting in this Obama chair. Obama or McCain back then. Yeah. He's like, they'll make the same exact decisions I made. And it'll always be that way. And Glenn at first was like kind of scared and like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> but then actually it kind of is good. You know, we don't want the president to be able to manipulate the government that much. In fact, the things that Trump is saying that he'll do, a lot of that stuff will never go anywhere. Right. No. He'll be constrained by the same chains that every other president He's has had. He's got a wall being uh, built, though. You're assuming he wins, though. Assuming That's he wins. a yeah. big assumption. That's why it doesn't ultimately matter. I mean, yeah. the narrative is going to suck. It's Okay, it's going to suck even more if, if, <laughs> if uh, the Senate and the House both go Democrat. Then you could actually see something. But then, again, they didn't really do that... Back in well, 2009, the, 2011. The, the, the last time a party controlled the House, Senate, and the White House was from 2009 to 2011, um, January. Um, and the Parker, only big everybody. thing that they were Parker. able... <laughs> <laughs> He's got to make a point. Shut up. <laughs> That's what and the only big thing they were able to accomplish was Obamacare. And even that barely passed. Remember they had to do, um, uh, what was it, Re- a reconciliation to right. get it passed. Yep. And then again, that's nothing that can't be undone by executive action the moment another well, president comes in, right? No. Uh, no, this you'd have to get gone, some... though, with Obamacare, I don't know if it'd be that easy. No, well, with Obamacare, you'd have to get Congress to pass a repeal of it. Senate would have to sign off it. President would have to sign it. But if we... But if you're talking about, like... So, so it's still possible, right? I mean, maybe... It's if... possible. It's unlikely. Yeah. But it's possible. Well, now, what... Which president, whether Hillary or Trump, would have more more fighters in Congress? I always thought, hey, if Trump gets elected, he's already got idiots in Congress that support him, so therefore he would have a better chance of actually getting stuff done versus if Hillary were president, there are enough people in Congress that don't like her, it would so just they be would a fight her. It'd be a, it'd be a stalemate. Yeah. I think that if Trump were elected, he could actually get away with stuff. But, but am I wrong, or do you think Hillary would have that instead of Trump? What? I mean, I can hmm. see your point well, it on It depends Trump, on what but... you're talking about specifically. Like if the, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it depends I, on the policy or proposal. I don't think he'd actually accomplish much. In general, though, I think neither one would be able to get away with too much. You know, so right. all the fear mongering of oh my god, the end of the U.S. kind of you know, it's we'll have a sucky president, but we can make it through. Yeah, I think we can do it. I don't. I yeah. I'm. I'm. This is kind of going off on another tangent here, but I am really curious. And Caleb, we've spoken about this at length. At length. But there was just a, was it 538 that just did a, a poll, uh, or not a poll, but they just ran the numbers and said that Hillary's got about an 80% chance oh, of yeah. uh, becoming president. It's their president. first election model of this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And they're typically right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he called every single state back in 2012. Every state. I think he got 49 out of 50. Are you, okay, whatever. 49 Excuse me. Oh, Excuse me. He missed one. Excuse me. Wow. Which one, Hawaii? It was Alaska. Yeah, okay. But no, still, I, I mean, we, we've spoken like, let's, what, what if North Carolina. there's already a coalition, there's rumors <laughs> of a coalition that's being built up as an anti-Trump coalition, and they're, and they're gathering to do some kind of insurrection at the convention. Yeah. Now, Caleb, oh, yeah. tell us what happens. Is it next week or two weeks from now? Week of the uh, 11th? The week of the 11th is when the Rules Committee meets. So the Rules Committee meets, meets a week before the convention, and they set the rules that govern the convention. So the rules that govern the 2012 convention will not govern the 2016 convention. Um, every convention a new rules committee comes together. now, And they meet before the convention starts? They meet the, before the convention starts. So this isn't the party. These are the delegates. Okay, so let me pose this to you. What if Hillary Clinton goes up 15 to 20 points in the next two weeks? Well, this is what we've been discussing <laughs> because we've been working, um, we've been working on a possible um, a monologue for Glenn is what happens 
if um, if if Hillary goes up 15 points, do the Republican delegates throw out the rules and throw the convention into chaos and try to get a new nominee? Which they have every right to do, right? Which they do. They have the right to do that. Would we now? What would that? Mean? Okay, let's say they do unbind all the delegates on the on the first ballot. So they could either unbind the delegates on the first ballot, or they could add in that conscientious objector clause that says, yeah, "Look, right. um, we know that you're bound by the rules currently, but if you if this vote goes against your conscience, this is them talking to the delegate. If it goes against your conscience, then you are unbound, poof, magically, well, then, and you can vote. And for you somebody. Have who would you possibly vote for? Well, that's yeah. the question. That's, do they have a plan? Okay, wait, wait, Caleb. Who do you think they could vote for? I'd see. That's why I think John I think, McCain. I think we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see chaos. I don't think yeah. they actually have a candidate. It's like the Freedom Caucus when they upset John. When they oh, right. they found a way yeah. to throw out John Boehner. They got John Boehner out, and then they had no plan. Mm. They were there not set. And what happened? Paul Ryan was able to get in because the Freedom Caucus was like, "We're taking out John Boehner," but they had well, no. Uh, so you really see that this could that could be chaos. Could I, be. I think I think I think you're already seen it. There's going to be an attempt. I don't I don't think it's going to be successful. Trump's going to be the nominee. Yeah. Well, predicting uh, but predicting, gonna, predicting their plan. There's already a little bit of intrigue developing yeah. because I remember when they when they first said the people that were in charge of the convention, there's the convention of the rules committee was uh, a Republican uh, uh, party head from. Um, uh, was it Massachusetts? Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and one and from a, Utah, and a Republican head from uh, Utah. Romney. What does that mean? But we'll get into that when we come back. Oh, did I just spoil it? Wait, you did. <laughs> I so, didn't hear you. <laughs> so we'll we need people to tweet. Uh, we're going. Oh, we need people to tweet. Pat and Stu. There it is. There it is. <laughs> if you have any questions, send them. Two show. I'm Jason Buttrell. This is Jay Paul Decker, Caleb Parker, and Andrew Herzog in for Pat and Stu, who and Jeffy that are on vacation, and we're not sadly, but um, not yet, not yet, not yet. Counting the days. So we were just talking about the intrigue uh, that um, could be developing at the uh, Republican <coughs> National Convention coming up, and their plan, if they have one, um, to replace Trump as the nominee. Now, what I was getting at to right before we broke was that, um, remember Kasich just came out and he just released a poll out of nowhere and who he mentioned in the poll that ha- would have a better chance of beating Hillary was, of course, himself. Oh, my gosh. With yep. his judo chop hands. So he probably called everybody. <laughs> Most of them <laughs> yeah. were his family. Yeah, yes. obviously. Yeah. And um, Paul Ryan was the other person that he mentioned. Paul Ryan's not going to do it. N- no, Paul Ryan knows it's a losing cause at this point, so he's not going to do it. Mitt Romney's not going to do it. He, was he has just more that, power as the Speaker of the House. That's yeah, third in command. Yeah. Mitt Romney just embarrassed himself at that wrestling event. Did you guys see that? No, he dressed no. up as a, oh, no. uh, Jack Black's character. In, it, isn't that when he fought on um, Oh, Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Oh, yes. When he fought Holyfield? No, yeah. That's just too much ammo <laughs> but, you know, against but, him. for. But Mitt, yeah. Mitt Romney was in Aspen yesterday for the Aspen, Aspen Ideas Festival. Mm-hmm. Talked with John Dickerson of CBS. He's like, no, there's no way I'm getting in at this point. You know? There's right. no path. There's, there's okay, nothing. but how about Cruz? I, I think he's in the same boat with Paul, uh, Paul Ryan. He does not see a chance to win. It's, it's not healthy. Let the voters have what they, they... The voters voted. Let them live or die with that decision. Right, it's kind of like along the lines of Brexit. They yeah. voted, 
Let's just deal Let with it, it. Let it go. Now, because think, if you try to fight it, you're really going to piss off a lot of people and actually probably make more problems than solving And what anything. we were talking is, we, we've, we've seen the story of the upset delegates who are trying to get a revolt. Right. The problem is, they have no alternative to go to. Mm-hmm. Will there be something? We think there will be. Will they be successful? We'll see. I don't think so. But. So you really do think there there will be something, but it's so, I see it failing. I don't I don't I see, see them even because Trump, you know, other than I, I think I think you might see delegates try to walk out of the convention, or you'll you'll get some jeering at the convention. Yeah, but besides or, that, everyone that's going to be staying will be the ones voting for Trump. Yeah. So the mass will win on that one. But I don't know if you guys did see that Coach Dick uh, declined Trump's uh, <laughs> invite. Good. So good Gosh. for Coach. Yes. Yeah. He's my hero. Is he? Well, I, because he said no ah, to yes. Trump. That's yes. what well, I mean. That's why he's your hero. Yes. <laughs> and only for that reason. <laughs> this stuff is depressing. Andrew, do we have anything beyond Yeah, politics? we do. It's, uh, there's, like, there's this car that can park itself. We can roll that clip really quick. It's a Vaux. And um, you, I have trouble parallel parking. Oh my Look gosh. at this. It's this little s- bastard can I want this. park <laughs> just by <laughs> rotating. Look oh at this. Oh, my gosh. Can this be used in a driver's license test? Yes. I hope so. You, so you like, would, this guy made the wheels himself, and look at this. Whoa. They like, oh my gosh, they per, they're perpendicular to the wheel, so he's able to p- parallel park just like that. That's and so I have cool. a massive truck. I have a problem with parallel parking. There's no so way, if oh. I had these wheels, it would make my life so much easier to. Park you just anywhere. have a problem parking in general. True. I have parked next to you, and there are times <laughs> where it covers the whole parking spot. Well, I'm in my spot though. I'm not. Inching over into yours, am I? I pull the mirrors in occasionally to in give occasionally. you space. Yes, you do give me space. Which you is drive nice. your cute little Mazda. That's yes. nice. Hey, cute. It's a Mazda Six. Thank you. I'm quite proud of that car. You should because you spent a lot of money on it. I'm sure. And I bet you did on your truck. I sure did. <laughs> it was totally worth it. All right, please stay tuned for the second hour. We're going to get into more enjoyable content rather than bitching about Trump, which is really easy to do. Taking over the Fat and Sue show. There are no fat people here today. Well, we're gonna. Well, I mean, you're not. I mean, come on. Normally, this entire space is filled up with Jeffy Fat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, uh, he can't get today. away from the brutality that we give him here. No, he's yeah. not watching. He does, he, does, he won't know he's right not watching. So anyway, now someone else who also irritates me, Michelle Obama. Why oh. the hell is she spending 600 grand for one night in Morocco with her daughters and her mom? It was one night? That was one night. In Morocco? Yeah. Her one night stay in Morocco cost taxpayers First, now we need to ask, have any of us been to Morocco? No. Okay. I've been to Europe. That's the closest I've been to it. But I did not spend 600 grand to do uh, it. Oh, please. I bet you did. <laughs> if I had that much money, I would not go to Europe. <laughs> but uh, this is more a question for Jason. Are, are most of these more cons- security-related costs? Um, well, she would have had an extensive, I mean, that's not the safest area to go. Yeah. It's not as bad as some other Northern African countries, but sec- security wise, that would have cost a significant amount of money. My, my biggest issue though okay, is but why did they go though? What well, was the reason? So she's there. It says for education initiative called let, let girls, girls learn. learn. 
So, let me... Is, because we all know we don't Does that have learn. something to do with yes. it already? Am I missing something here? Where Does it actually have something to do with our country? Or is it just ex- an extension of what our country does in our education system? Pretty sure here? it's just her kissing ass around the country, or around the world. Okay. And looking for going a, for good a way to go to Morocco. And a way for to go to Morocco, yeah. yeah. Looking for a paid vacation, yeah. pretty much. With so, her yeah. kids. That's my biggest beef, is why is the mom and the daughters tagging along? They're not the diplomats that sometimes people like to call the uh, first lady. Well, it's summer. So, so what? Stay home. So that she arrived. Your daughters go there. So that she arrived in Morocco wearing a seventeen hundred and fifty dollars designer dress and ended the night with a lavish dinner with Princess Lala Salma Lala? and actress Meryl Lala. Streep. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Princess Lala. Who among, us? Who among us hasn't done that though? <laughs> Bought an eighteen hundred dollars dress, worn it out, and dined with the princess and Meryl Streep. Who among us hasn't done? that? Why was Meryl Streep there? She was a part <laughs> of no. She's not making movies anymore. Hey, wasn't she in that um, uh, of the pants? What is that? The diary. What is that Sisterhood called? Sisterhood of the Sisterhood Traveling. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. Meryl Streep was in that. No, she was in Mamma Mia. So maybe they filmed Morocco in Mamma Mia. Oh, that's really sad. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Kind of regret say that. saying that now. <laughs> I just do not understand. I can. You brought it during the break. Um, Obama spent seven million on his Hawaiian Some, vacation. Something like that. Yeah. Right. right he's the there. president. Let's be the, the, That's the, the a lot doubt. of security. He has, a lot of stress. He usually takes away two hundred with him. Hawaii. To, you can give him a Christmas vacation, okay? To That's play devil's okay advocate. Oh gosh. With what? To play devil's with advocate. Michelle. Yeah. Okay. The 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 first family. You still have to protect the first family. If if the not pres- if they don't go. Yeah. <laughs> it's their decision to go. We're paying for the, for them to make a decision to go on a vacation and. That, that's like, you okay, know, but I didn't approve that vacation. If she really wanted to help U.S. interests and she really wanted to uh, show a presence in a liberal, you know, hellhole of an area, mm-hmm. she could take a very lavish vacation to Detroit or Chicago. Oh. I'm sure they have a bunch of education issues. I bet there's that, a lot of education there. issues there. Is this, Why a, not do is this a picture of Obama and uh, Mrs. Obama and Princess yep. Lala? That's uh, what it looked like at Morocco. Okay. Ru- oh, they really roughed it. They did. Know. That's really rough. Look at those, that crystal glass there. I couldn't do that. And those dresses. Is that a hamburger? No, hair. definitely not a hammer. They got their hair did. And- so, so, <laughs> so, so, how did, so with all of these lavish uh, dinners and all this stuff and all these photo ops, how did they actually promote this let girls learn issue? Yeah, was it a, ra- was it a, like a fundraiser? I think, mm, I think during the day they were doing their let oh, okay. girls initiative. And then, you know, when they worked so hard, they're like, all right, let's party tonight. Let's go get it, let's get it on. I think that's what they did. Wow. I don't think this dinner had anything to do with... $600,000. With the for hotel, that. the security, the planes, the food. She took, all air, that. she took one of the planes, right? She had to have. She has to. Like right. Air Force... Two? Two? Air Force 20? Is that right, Jason? I don't know. <laughs> at least you're on Looking at our security <laughs> specialist here. Nothing. <laughs> she, she did not use her arms when she got there. Let's go all the way there. Uh, <laughs> Caleb's like, all right, we got to stop talking about this now. It just upsets me. It's stupid is what it is. And something else that's very stupid. There was a student, I believe a third grader, in Jersey. There's the first problem, Jersey. <laughs> Apparently, he's a racist. Why hate Jersey? Where are you from, Caleb? Jersey? Uh... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, I had a completely different reaction. He is definitely not from Jersey. It is not the Garden State. No, it is not. Anyway, the third grader was charged for being racist by saying the word brownie. <laughs> and he's eating brownies. Wait, he was eating brownies? There was like a party in their third grade class. And the student makes some comment about brownies. Probably just like, wow, I love brownies. And then some idiot decided to report him How? to... 
the principal and say, hey, I think you said something racist. Listen. And a cop came in and was questioning the kid, saying, hey, what did you say? And then eventually the mom came and found out, like, what the hell's going on? What are you doing to my kid? He said brownies. Right, exactly. In my day, you only saw the police at your school if, like, remember when the, the drug-sniffing dogs would come through? You'd I, see a cop there, and you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, what's going on? See, uh, <laughs> JP see, was homeschooled. Yeah, so I was homeschooled. I mean, sometimes often. my oh. mom would take our little dog that we had for, like, two months and walk it around, smell all two of our... months. It, it was a long story. It was a bad dog. Satan literally owned that dog. <laughs> it was a, not a good dog. So you got rid of it? We gave it back to the... And they, they found another great home. Interesting. Did it? Yes, it did. I'm sure it did. Well, you only Glad you followed up on it. Yes, you only saw the police in those cases, um, or if I don't know, like shooting or something. Yeah, like something crazy. Did you have a personal interaction with the police Uh, at school? Yes. No, because even though, and I got in trouble in school. I was not the best of kid at my school. I remember one time I threw one of those little snap caps at a uh, electrical outlet and it blew up. And, uh, Wait, the cat blew up or the the, outlet blew the up? electrical outlet? That's blew up. funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was good. I got sent home from school, got in a whole lot of trouble. But I mean, the cops didn't show up. They probably could have called the cops in that instance, but they didn't, or the fire department. Anyway, they handled it on their own. Things were back in the day were handled more on their own. Nowadays, a comment, yeah. just a single comment, warrants calling the police. Which is so what? bizarre to me. Why would you call the cop if the, if the kid actually did make a racist comment? It's a third grader. What the hell does that mean if he, if he said the N-word? Why do you call a cop for that? It's yeah. because we're so worried as a society about political correctness and covering our own tails. Yeah. That's the reason. They are so worried about it, they have to have a record. I saw it when I was in, when I was in the security industry. They would do certain things just to have on record to say, look, we did that. We checked that box. Mm -hmm. We did that. Because they knew that somebody was waiting off you know, in the distance to nail you just for not thinking of something in the event something might actually happen. It's all for liability. So nowadays, it's gotten so bad. They're so dependent on... on well, this is, well, the result is, is that they're getting so dependent on police. I mean, I love our men and women in uniform. Uh, they're, they're vital. Um, but we do not need to increase dependency on those men and women in uniform. No. We shouldn't. We should be look, first looking to be the first responders ourselves. Oh, You're yeah. in charge of your personal safety, bar none, first off. The fir if you cannot handle it, then, then the responders come in to help. That's and like um, the CERT. It's Civilian Emergency Response Team. I think that's right. what it's called. It's about your... When crap goes down, I was about to say something else. When crap goes down, you're responsible yourself. You don't just call the ambulance and say, hey, uh, 911, can you come get me? And you just sit and wait. No, you got to do something yourself. But then, Same thing with the cops. If there's someone in your house, you shoot him yourself if he doesn't leave. But that's you don't emergency call the cops and say, for you to get here. Huh? That's emergency situations. That's yeah. not necessarily. But that's why the cops said. and the 911 ambulances are there. They're yeah. there to be the second. Right. You know. And in this case, though, because it's such an issue, even when they, they're not even sure, they're like, oh, well, that might have been a racist comment. We're not really sure. Let's just call in somebody to have, a do have it documented so that there's like a documented thing that that way the, the, the principal's like, whoa, I ain't taking the hit on this if this gets out. If this gets in the media, I'm screwed, buddy. Right. That it, could be it. That's exactly. But, but give me a break, guys. That's how bad we've That's how wussified we are. That's how we're not teaching our children to cope, to deal we're more teaching our, 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 our children to, um, first off, immediately call the authorities. So if right. you are ever, mm. ever, you feel like you've been disrespected well, or, you know, you've been discriminated against. Or if your pizza wasn't delivered, you call 911. You yeah. may have done that. Well, that's what we're oh, yeah. oh, that's, that's been done? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's few and far between, but still, it's just, why does that occur to you? Call but not just that. Like, it, it, is, it is so true, though, that the younger generations are now learning that if you're disrespectful, or if you are disrespected, you should 
like you should be offended, you should take it personally, you should not and call for help. And call for help, but it's it's kind of like, you know, I was raised to respect others and if I'm disrespectful, you know, you can you can talk it out. You can pray with them. You, whatever. But it's just like if you're disrespectful, you should expect to get a punch in the face. Exactly. That's what yeah. you should be. And so literally, like when as a, this is America for crying out loud. Like when did it become un-American what, to be to be rude? Shoot, well, yeah, almost to <laughs> something else. Too, right there. But but yeah, but we've become wussified. I told my son like I told my son specifically manners, manners above all else. Treat yes. people with respect. Yep, that's how that's it's, how most of us were raised. But. Except Caleb. If someone well. if someone ever treats you with disrespect or with violence, the first thing you do is you do not run to somebody else to seek their help. You deal with it. Deal with it yourself. Cope with it with yourself. Right. If it's verbal disrespect, it's the same. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me. It's come on. Someone calls you a name, shrug it off, grow so, up. Sometimes it might break other people's bones, like what Jason's saying. <laughs> That's true. But now, <laughs> would you call me? Yeah, take him out. But now it's but now it's illegal. Now being yeah. being a jerk oh, all of a sudden is is illegal. Being well, a jerk. What you're saying is, if you're disrespect, you know, disrespected, then you're gonna you know go to somebody and confront them about it. But if you confront them, you're the one that's gonna get in trouble, right? And they're gonna say, well, they disrespected me and my family. And well, see, and this and this is kind of controversial too. But a racist, right? And we can all agree that we're all against racism, and all racists are bad and and deserve very bad things. Ooh. But. Just because someone says a racist remark, I'm not calling the cops on them. No, I don't right. think that should be a crime. You can be a jerk, you can be an a-hole, but that's not against the against the rules. Now, if you want to be a jerk and and an a-hole, then be just be just expect to get a punch in the face. We are going to expect turn into it. demolition man. Oh, totally. Like in in the movie, because there's one part where somebody they said, called it. They said a, a, a bad word and they got a ticket for saying got a bad word. For it. They that's got exactly fined for it. Exactly where we're going. Yeah, exactly. You you there's the freedom of speech is like so under attack to where. You can't say whatever you want. You can't go. Yeah, it's no. too bad. I uh, remember I was like Jason when I was a little kid. I got in trouble a lot. And it's <laughs> you? funny. Is, yes. Wow. I was in private school all my life, and my dad was Ooh. the vice principal. No way. <laughs> so, of course, the vice principal's kid is always getting in trouble. And I remember one time in third grade, and I didn't know any better, I was sitting there in class being, you know, obnoxious, and I was like, duck, snuck. Luck? Oh, no. <laughs> and I just said it. I didn't know it was a bad word. And the teacher was like, oh, so shocked. And I was like, what? And she was like, don't say that word. And I was like, what? Duck? And then I like went through the list again. And then I said it again. And she was like, stop it. And um, so I got in trouble for that. But no they called the police? The cops. No, they didn't, surprisingly. <laughs> so I can identify. But, with but you had to go to your dad, the vice president, or the vice principal? I was sent to him, yes. And he's oh, like, gosh. what did you do now? That's oh. got to be like 10 times worse, having to go to the vice principal's and it's your dad's office. Oh, yeah. My punishments at home are far worse than the ones at school. I was like, <laughs> sit in the hallway. Okay. That doesn't mean anything to me, but tonight when I get home, I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> so that's what happened a lot of the time. I, it's, it's so, I cannot believe we're not, I mean, just guys, just, if people are reading, you know, literature uh, at all, like, how close are we getting to 1984? And people always, like, you just kind of blow that off. You know yeah. what I mean? But seriously, how much should Orwell call it? I mean, literally, these are like thought crimes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we literally are—we're one step away from people, you know, erasing certain words, getting rid of them, and replacing them with others. We're already doing that with like with the with the gender, you yeah. know, issue. Um, and books like Huckleberry Finn—you can't read it in school anymore because there were some racist words in it. You're like, right. well, that was the culture back in the day. It's a book. Yeah. yeah. Just because you read it, that doesn't mean you approve of the situation back in the 1800s. Well, was it know. North Carolina University this past week that brought out the... Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, what you can, can say and can't say for the... You know, they gave well, no, they were telling you when you said this, here's what you mean. 
Yes, right. Like you, you didn't mean to say husband or wife, and you didn't mean to say you like those shoes. Mm-hmm. And like you can't even say things like that. You'd say like, hey, where are you from? Yeah. They're like, what you're actually asking is, I hate you. I'm a racist. You don't belong here. And you'd say, excuse me, no. It's a legitimate question of where <laughs> the hell are you from? Yeah. Saul Alinsky wrote a book cool. that we've talked about a lot on this network, but uh, Rules for Radicals. Mm-hmm. In that book, Saul Alinsky says one of the things that you need to do to control the masses is control the language. Control. I think the direct quote was, control the language, control the masses. If you can eventually get people to say whatever you want them to say, you, you say, actually, now they're saying what they don't want us to say, but eventually you can direct their line of thinking. You can direct a narrative. You can get the entire mass in line with whatever whatever narrative you want them because if to you, do. Because if you control the language, you control the argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And if you control the people, you control the country. And there's an Ivy League professor, and we'll get into this on the other side, who says, I have an idea on what we could do to reduce the U.S. prison population, and it's a pretty stupid idea. Tweet us. Please tweet us at Patent Stew. If you say something racist or hurtful, we'll call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I don't care. We should. <laughs> no! <laughs> We just did a whole block on that. <laughs> so apparently, someone on Twitter decided to tweet me... <laughs> rather than the Pat and Stu account, which is fine. I'm not going to hold it against you. But Eloisa, I think she says, you guys are super. Thanks. I don't know what she's thanking us for. Thanks, Eloisa. Then she says the sketch mocking Obama, Trudeau, the Mexican president was super funny. Three stooges. You mean us or the politicians? Yes. Yes. Or both. <laughs> that was a funny uh, little bit. I thought it was funny. Yeah, that was good. Thanks, Eloisa. Go figure. But now the Ivy League professor, his name is Joe, what is his name? Margulies? 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 This guy. This idiot has a brilliant idea for our uh, prison system. And what is it? He says, those who've been there the longest should leave. I totally agree Then you make more room for people who would need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Get out. Just get out of here. But what the hell? Um, Other people make the arguments about the uh, drug charges. You could say, look, take them out of prison. You know, nonviolent drug offenses. Yeah. Take them out. But this guy says, well, why don't we do something different where those who've been there the longest have already served their time? They're not monsters. Let's just send them out. Well, they're there for the longest because they're, they're the rapists and the murderers. You want that back out on the street, idiot? Come yeah. On. yeah. So just, 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 so, off, Joe. just so I'm clear. So his big revelation on our problem is to let the most violent people in prison just let them out. Yes. And that'll solve... Yeah. Well, he is right. That'll solve overcrowding. If we don't keep criminals in prison, that, that, that does solve the problem. That will solve that problem, but then we'll <laughs> also see a decline in humans outside of the prison because he's going to go back to what he did before. Well, we, we don't want to concentrate on that problem. We no, just want to okay. talk about this one problem. Yeah, I'll, give the, him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. He I, says, <clears throat> the kind of person that they were when they went into prison often doesn't just exist anymore. Keeping them in prison offers no chance for redemption, and no one is a monster. Okay. Aww. It's well, optimistic, but unrealistic. Whoa, 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 no one is a monster? Yeah, I didn't understand that. I said, the, yes, they are. Yeah, There's this absolutely guy... absolutely monsters out there. He should get out of his grandma's basement, because, yes, people are <laughs> monsters. Ignorant. Yes, it is, absolutely. But hmm. he's saying, like, there's no chance for redemption. Yes, there is. You could just kill those people instead. The argument for anti... What the death penalty is to say, just put them in prison, give them a chance to fix themselves, and then right. join society again. This idiot says, oh, that doesn't give them a chance to redeem. Why even arrest them in the first place? 
I mean, we could just not arrest them. How about that? That's a good point. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, that solves that problem right there. There you go, Joe. We solved it for you. There will let's be no that. overcrowding to begin with because we just won't arrest criminals. Well, now, what do How y'all think about releasing the non-violent drug offenses? Um, well, if our prisons really are overflowing, <laughs> if you were to release someone... I think as long as there's a program that they can go through to where, you know, maybe it's nine weeks or something, but just to get them mm-hmm. ready for society again, to, to where they won't go back into what they you know did before so if it's just if it's small if they're thing, sitting at home getting high by themselves and they're non-violent they're minding their, their own business why don't you let them be there's a difference when someone gets high and then beats their wife you'd say well look i put you in prison because right. you beat your wife not your drugs but if it's an illegal drug that they're doing i would prefer they don't go back into doing that drug so they're addicted right. to it and possibly could cause harm, harm later on you know <laughs> who's going to pay for the system that they go into. That's where I would hope that private companies would come in and create a oh, charity, yeah. a, a charity nonprofit to help those people to get through back into society. And there is an issue with with uh, with drug charges and how that some and of them are, are very ridiculous. Yeah. Like uh, just uh, just a minor charge and they're going in there for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, I know the reason like, there this I mean, I guess this happened back in the 80s during the, you know, the war on drugs. But um, they started ramping up, you know, jail sentences and, and, and fines and penalties and stuff because they were trying to make it so undesirable that people just wouldn't touch the drugs. Now, I'm sorry, but that doesn't work. No. It, it doesn't work. You, you, can, you cannot continue to have these, you know, 25 plus year sentences because somebody got caught, you know, selling coke or something like that. I mean, see, I'm still on the fence. I'm not exactly sure how I feel versus uh, alcohol versus drugs because Colorado is have at it marijuana. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure cocaine is like still illegal, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got that part right. <laughs> I haven't followed it because I don't know how I feel and I kind of don't care almost, but it is worth looking into to think, okay, if the prisons really are overflowing with um, drug offenders, uh, drunk offenders, then what do we, what should we do? Should we legalize all drugs and say, hey, that's your problem? I, does the government say that? Or do you then turn to the people and say, look, yes, there are going to be people who abuse the drugs, just like they already abuse alcohol, it's going to be up to the people to use their charity and their own money and their own care to help these people out who are addicted. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know what the answer is. I think I think part of I think part of this is just part of the knee jerk reaction that we had during the war on drugs in the eighties. I mean, really, I mean, we had laws that we enforced on you know drug abuse, uh, selling narcotics, things of that nature, and they they were working. For the most point. Now, I agree that there was a huge swarm of illegal drug activity back in those days. But I think that knee-jerk reactions always end up causing eventual future problems like what you see right now. I mean, the knee-jerk reaction to a guy that gets caught you know, selling an eight ball or whatever, <laughs> throwing him in jail longer than a guy that's com- com- uh, convicted of manslaughter, that's a knee-jerk reaction. There, there's, some, there's something wrong there. There's other things you can do. I'm not, I'm not an expert in the legal system by any means. But there's other things that you can do. When you say eight ball, are you talking about like the little thing that you shake that tells yes. you the future? Magic eight ball. Are you talking about a pool table? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or is that an actual drug reference that I'm not aware of? That's a drug reference. I think I saw that in the wire, so it Did made, made it sure. sound a little more blue. <laughs> that's that's that. where you <laughs> Okay, whatever you say. All right, Jason. Sure. Back from his time in the 80s. <laughs> I wasn't alive, so I wouldn't know. I might have been the only one that was around during the yep. 80s. No, uh, JP uh, was alive. Hey. We got to go there? Oh. (laughs) I speak the truth. (laughs) Truth lives here. So there's a difference between alcohol and uh, drugs because alcohol, you can enjoy the drink itself like a beer. You drink the beer because it tastes good. When you're doing the drugs, you're only doing that to get high. I think that's the difference between the two, you know, 
drugs is alcohol is a type of drug it can affect you but you're enjoying the beverage itself and a side effect is you know, getting drunk versus the drugs that you're just sniffing and snorting it's like you're going straight for you just want to be wasted right that's my understanding yeah that's how i always looked at it well and and i also see wait wait caleb is smirking like, i think you here. want to say something no, what's going I, on no i'm not gonna go there <laughs> i'm not going there all right fair enough i uh i i also i mean Massive amounts of illicit drugs coming into our, our country are a big deal. But yeah. I, I, I also think that there's more that we can do in some of these unstable countries that are producing most of these drugs and shipping them into the country, um, economic, economically speaking. Especially now is the time, uh, kind of a historic time, where places such as China, places such as Japan, uh, some of those places have kind of used up their the ability to... Um, hire tons and tons of manufacturing workers at low wages and then pump out tons and tons of goods. Now, it's made their economies flourish. And, you know, it's built China into what it is today. It's, it's made Japan, who's actually, and most people don't know this, more powerful than China, which they are. Um, but it's made those countries what they are. Now, I say all that long-winded stuff to say that Mexico, um, Chile, countries such as those, uh, Colombia, those are the next on the list to be some of those low-wage, high-manufacturing-output countries. And we could see a huge rise in their economies. Now, just that right there, that power that gives them, that gives them the ability to govern their countries better. Now, one of the things that the next president can do is he can, instead of pissing off some of these countries, he can, and uh, he's been... How do you say he? Well, could be a she? So Trump, well, yeah, it could either be either one. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> but, but a lot of the things that Trump has been... Tr Trump's very good at... Bringing up a problem, but just talking about it irrationally. Right. Like With NAFTA, no solutions. Right. Yeah. NAFTA is a problem. It, it, it was not negotiated well on... Man, I'm starting to use his uh, language. But it was not negotiated well on the Mexican side. So it did help to destroy a lot of their, their economy. Um, one example is they could not keep up with corn production. Uh, that was one of the biggest cash crops for Mexico. They couldn't compete with, with, with us. Mm. So m thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of farming and manufacturing jobs were lost over there. Where are they going to go? Well, they're either going to go into cartels producing some of these illicit drugs, or they're going to become illegal and they're going to come over into the United States. Right. A lot of people say they join the cartels because of the money. Exactly. So then what do we do to give them financial incentives elsewhere? I right. mean, what do you, you tell Mexico, hey, open up a plant and give them jobs? What, what can we do? I don't know. We just, we, just, we just enable it to where foreign investment can move into the country. Mm. We help them make that easier. Now, one of the ways to do that is to renegotiate some of the... I'm not saying to abolish NAFTA, but some of the ways to do that are to reinvestigate NAFTA. Look at it to where it helps them build their economy at the same rate as some of these other you know, low-wage, high-manufacturing output countries. Well, I think it was Jonah Goldberg who said he was like, uh, the ideal trade agreement would read... There shall be free trade between country X and country <laughs> X. But that just never happens. Like, ideally, we'd love to just say that and we're good to go. Can't happen. It can't happen with the, the, just the, the bureaucracies that are built up in every single nation and the, mm. the red tape you have to go through. It's impossible just to have and, yeah, and straight up free trade. Pardon my, my, nerd, my nerdism here. Oh, but um, you're, you're exactly right. You, free trade... Uh, and that's a lot of the, the, the that you'll hear that going around a lot with the Brexit stuff. Don't worry, I'm not going to go back into Brexit, but you'll you'll hear that a lot um, from them. Now, total free trade is 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 you have to have you, as a country, as a nation, you have to have something that you excel at. 
like say for Japan, um, robotics. Uh, yeah, yeah, electronics, all right. that stuff. Before back in the when they were, rice is still a very big deal for them. Um, they're having to work in um, subsidies and tariffs to enable them to continue. Um, and I can see you're giving me that nerd look. Um, but <laughs> it is very essential to protect your main cash crops. Otherwise, your economy is going to tank. And you're going to see the rise of countries like Germany who excel at everything and then can roll over you and now, dominate you. Isn't Southern America their main cash crop drugs? It is now. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, I'm not. No, it's you're right. like, it sucks the government because... has to protect their main cash crop, Jason. So why don't you let them? Well, it's all about choice, right? Is that what you're saying, Caleb? Huh? Yes. It's all about choice. That's what he's saying. I'm not sure where you're going with that, so I'm not going to answer. <laughs> so I was about to say, is you are, you're just a homophobe. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> because, here, here's why. It was a little subtle slip into a topic. horrible segue. Whatever. Oh, I <laughs> Yesterday see what was hashtag heterosexual pride day. And um, a number of people, actually, it was actually really popular. A lot of people tweeted their support of it. But then, of course, on the other side, there were people who tweeted at them saying, how dare you? I wanted to kind of talk about that just for a couple minutes, saying, why is that a problem? If you can be all homo and be like, homo pride day, you're like, okay. Yeah. Why can't I, who happens to be hetero, say, well, I want, I'm hetero pride. You can't shut me down because of that. It's my choice, isn't it? You're always complaining to us, like, it's my choice, it's my body, I'll do what I want, and okay, then I want to be hetero. No, 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 you can't. How dare you? Yeah, because those groups are literal bullies. Like, one of the biggest lobbies that are the one of the biggest bullies out of the lobby group today is the lgbtq elemental p whatever else yeah that um that group is one of the biggest bullies and they're being successful because people are allowing themselves to be bullies now i love this that's awesome i like it i was i was like oh hey all right i'm proud of this it's it's the same thing as like well we have black history month right do we really need to still have that i mean so do we have a I don't know. Well, I'm sure we actually do. We probably do have an Oriental History Month or a Chinese yeah. history. Do we have all of that stuff? <laughs> this message brought I mean, to you by no, Jason Bertrell. I'll, I'll own it. I mean, literally, there's no reason why, why if you want to be equal, you should either have none of them or all of them. Right. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. we're teaching our kids that, yes, we do set certain groups and cultures higher above. The others. Higher above. Now, th- there comes to be a point, guys, where we need to stop apologizing for what happened Back in the 1800s, 1700s, whatever. You got it's just right. you, enough none of is us enough. had anything to do with that. We weren't alive, and know, we would like, forget it. We, we would. wouldn't even know the we wouldn't even know about it if you would just shut up and stop <laughs> bringing this crap up all the time. Yeah. We are we are the uh, the minority now, straight white men. So we are. you can't be you can't have any pride in that whatsoever because if you are you are. I don't know. I don't know what they say. They Can just we come up change with any the hashtag kind of to hashtag like, well, no. straight wait, white You're man. a bigot. Wait, hold on. I'm you're a, a bigot, bigot if I say what I am, which is straight white man. Yes. You're a bigot. And if you point that out, you point the difference. If you all of a sudden make the argument not on their struggle, their imaginary struggle, um, and, it, and it all is imaginary. Right. That's what they feel. They're like, we've struggled. There's no need for a white history month or a right. heterosexual pride day. You've had it all along. How have you struggled? They haven't. Especially <laughs> I, not in today's culture. You're getting everything. Yeah. It's fine. You're, you're the most... A, you're on a much better level than any time ever in I would just like to point out that Andrew is um, judging right now. He said we're all white, straight men, and some of us are Mexican. He is, he is half so, Mexican. Mm. Hispanic. Yeah. So, um, I wow. have some Thank Irish. You, Andrew. Look I want to see some documentation. 
<laughs> the ger- the German mom? is coming out and yeah. fascist apparently. It's <laughs> <laughs> my natural tendency. No, um, is your mom or your dad Hispanic? My mother. Where's she from? Mexico. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were being serious, actually. Oh, Mexican. yeah. No, okay. I was. I was being serious. Yeah. <laughs> being serious. Wow. All how right, do you feel well, now, like, Andrew? Yeah. How do you feel now, Andrew? I feel, I'm fine. <laughs> Call me whatever you want. <laughs> I'm glad you don't care. All right. Look, we're gonna take a break, and I'm gonna laugh more at Caleb, and we'll be right back to talk about the Olympics. So tweet us, patents do, or tweet any of us at our own hashtag. <laughs> JP, Andrew, Caleb, who actually didn't have one. Never mind. <laughs> Don't worry, it was not an entire body. Just a foot was found at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics next to the volleyball court. Just a foot, so don't worry. I'm Wait, you- how did Brazil land the World Cup two years ago and now the Olympics? Because it was for economic reasons. They said, hey, let's help South America and let's yeah. give them an economic yes, because boost we, by doing we all We know this. from past histories mm-hmm. that the Olympics help so many countries when you spend billions <laughs> and billions of dollars on Like that. Russia? Like Russia. I mean, that... that- how dare you? They're empty. Within Beijing? <laughs> no, in Beijing, yeah. From the oh, Beijing. Olympics. Oh, yeah. Empty. Yeah. Sochi is empty right but South now. America will be different. Come on. Well, have you, you've, you've heard about the red line, right? I think it's, is it, what was it called? The red line? Or, it's a street, it's a road where all the Olympians have to take to be able yeah. to get to Olympic Village. Yeah. There's, mm. there's gang violence along there. There's been shooters shooting at <laughs> the cars. So to me, I would probably say, guys, I really wanted to make it. And I actually did. I told the Olympic, um, U.S. Olympic Committee that I, I couldn't go this year. What were you going to compete in? Uh, swimming, of course. Oh, yeah. you have the figure for that. Yes, <laughs> of course. He shaves his legs. That, that, that red line, though, uh, I think it was like Scary. a year or two ago yeah. when, when it was coming out, they were starting to prepare it. They were literally bulldozing homes. Yeah. So they would like go through and they'd go up to like a, a random person's house, a family, and say, "Yeah, we don't like the look of your house, so we're going to go ahead and bulldoze it." This is your like two-day warning or whatever. <laughs> so that, and then now they find <laughs> a, a foot, a foot, not a whole body, by the so volleyball. You said, "Yeah, somewhere near the volleyball court," where someone's like, <laughs> "I think that's a foot." And then a cop came over and confirmed, "Yep, that's a foot." <laughs> let's take this. Let's take care of this. And the Olympics are what? Just a couple months away. That's yeah. So between the, uh, the yeah. Olympic Village violence and the gangs and well, you, you've feet heard on about the beach because of and Zika? the Zika virus yeah. and the economy itself. Like so many sucks. of the NBA players, <laughs> why would you do this? A lot of the NBA players have backed out. I know Westbrook yeah. was one. Curry backed out. Curry because backed he out. Hurt his knee or something oh <laughs> poor guy but i don't blame him for looking at the situation and probably thinking i don't care i don't want to go i wouldn't go either i wouldn't go there's either. so much wrong with brazil it'd yeah. be too dangerous just there's to a go lot for of a american days. olympians that have been really questioning going and i don't blame them for that at all right because a lot of them are still young and they want to you know zika's really scaring a lot of their their wives and so a lot of them are like hey remember ebola yeah zika oh. <laughs> it's, it's nothing it's just another breathless story like should we but it's done really bad in south america though like, it's, it's worse there. Ebola was not bad yeah, here. Yeah, Ebola was bad in Africa. Yeah. Zika's bad in Central America and South America. So do you want our team going there and bringing it back to the States, which it's already kind of come here, but I don't want to make it worse. Why would you make it worse? Caleb? It's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it, Caleb. 
No, I'm just saying, I, I feel like the whole Zika story is just another one of those stories that's going to blow But you could agree, though, that the violence is really bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think the risks involved, whether it's violence or whether it's a health risk or whatever, just are just kind of too much to even bother. So maybe like, we should... e- Even if it's overblown. Now, I'm put not... yourself in Olympian's position, though. They work four <laughs> years to get to this spot. Those four years of hard training, of yeah. giving up, sacrificing a lot of family time, would you still go or would you say, I'm not going to go and I probably won't be able to make it in four years because I'll be four years too if, old? If I'm a kid and I'm not married, I go. Yeah. I just go. Mm. If yeah. I'm married um, and I'm still looking to have children, I would not do it. I, just, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Well, I saw that Michael Phelps just um, broke qualified. a record again. He's well, he the, qualified. He qualified, but it was a record in he's going five times to the Olympics. So it was his fifth time. To so 20 qualify years? For the Is that 20 years? That can't be right. He started young, pretty young. Yeah, so it'd be 20 years. Why, do, why are the Olympics not as big of a deal as they used to be? I don't I just, know. I don't, I, you know, I remember back in the day, it was like almost like war, war, you know, a world well, war. Like everyone got yeah. behind their country. Well, like, when, when Phelps swam and got, what was it, eight? Oh I God. watched then. That that was when Is everyone enjoyed the Olympics. Yeah, I think it was. I think yeah. it was 08. I, remember the old dream team? Remember the yeah. the first year? I that, that was the most I've ever been in an Olympics, bar none. I watched that Watching? like hardcore. Oh, into that yeah. was in diapers. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the dream team. Is that a movie? <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are killing me. Seriously, no. Oh my God. Legitimate question. The, what are you talking about? The dream team. The dream team. Where the, the first year they opened up the uh, basketball team to uh, NBA players. So before that, it was just college players and amateurs. That, but that was then, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Exactly, yeah. All the, the movie, movie Larry Bird. Bird. I'll stop it. No, just stop. <laughs> serious. I don't know what's going on. I saw Miracle. I saw that with the Which was 80s. a true story. Right. Based on a true it. story. Yeah. But the dream team never heard of it. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> Andrew, shut up. Are you serious? I, honest to God, I've not heard of that. Oh, my gosh. Does really? not ring any bells. No, it doesn't. Gosh. Oh, are you a basketball fan? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I watch Olympic basketball. Oh, okay. It's like the same Fair thing point. with the WNBA. I don't wow. watch the WNBA. Really? Well, the Olympic basketball, it's pretty much USA and everybody else. So. I'm totally, we were babies when the dream team was at their... <laughs> but you, we've never in history seen the greatest basketball players of multiple generations all converge on one team and compete against the world. That, see, if you frame it like that, it sounds like a big deal. Oh, it is. So now I'll see it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've well, just never heard <laughs> Give me a break. There are bigger issues with the Olympics, like your gender. Come on. Let's, oh, of let's course. Let's focus on the important things. Yes. Has that been brought up yet? Yes. Okay. Caitlyn Jenner made her his comments, whatever you want to call that person. Uh-huh. It's a huge step forward for everybody in the transgender community. You can still have your old parts, which I think is very forward-thinking. That's <laughs> nice. The public is obsessed with, do you have it or don't you have it? But a trans person's body parts is nobody's business. So she is all on board. He, on whatever you identify, that's where you should be able to compete. And so the Olympic Committee is setting out the guidelines, saying, yeah, if you are a woman transitioning to a Gosh. man, you can compete. But what was it? It like was a few But weeks if you're ago. a man and you're trying to compete yeah. a female... There's a whole lot of rules saying you have to be off testosterone for a year and all these crazy things. But it was like, just a really, few weeks ago. At all a, this paperwork to get a dude to go run with the women. A few weeks ago at a wow. high school, I don't remember what competition it was at, but it was at a, uh, a, ra- a running meet. And um, there was a, I, think, I don't think that's what you call it. Running, track meet. Whatever. Track, track meet. meet. Thank, yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. I was just going to let him sit there. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a, a girl that was kicked out that did not qualify. Um, she came in fourth. The third place person was a transgendered person. Oh, so yeah. and th- that girl is now trying to petition to say this was not right. And so this guy who is trying to become a woman got third place. And it's just like it's just messing. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it, to me, it is cheating. 
I hate, you know what? I refuse to oh, say dear. the word transgender beyond saying he, calling them he or she. I'm just not going to say transgender. I prefer to call them mentally insane. Seriously. <laughs> because that's what this is. They're mentally insane. Yeah. G- g- there's a mental problem with them. There, there is. It, uh, is it still classified like in the World Health Organization as a I think they've disease? changed it, but it used to a be. mental yes. disorder? Mental disorder. Yeah. There it is. I think they've changed. I'll have to look. I think, but I th- yeah, they must have changed it. But for a long time, it was a it mental was. disorder. Yeah. Like, look, let's look, look at it without all this stupid propaganda crap. You have a biological man or female that thinks they're otherwise. Yeah. I mean, if you had someone with multiple personalities, you don't call them them. <laughs> you say that person's no, insane. There is somebody that th- I think Daily Mail did a story, and mm-hmm. this person wants to be called them. Because he has multiple personalities? Oh, is that, no, no be, because he doesn't want to identify as a man or a woman. He doesn't want to give a pronoun, yeah. like he or she, so he's like, call me them. And I read that, I think, same article, because there yeah. was a caption on the photo that says, Them. Bob won his won them meet, and them said it was great. <laughs> um, what? It was so awkward or and they, so yeah. bad to read. No, it was, it was I just, now we're just, I just butchering think, the English language. Right. Like, there's other priorities in this world besides what should I call you? Yeah. And I'm with Pat and Stu, who have said here on the show, look, whatever your equipment is, is what you are. And, of course, it's awkward to walk up to someone and be like, so do you have a penis? Or I mean, and then, You don't want to do that. It's just be like, you look like a man. I'm going to call you a man. If you're offended, suck it up. Call me you something. I don't care. Right. Na- names don't mean anything to me. Right. I just think I just think it's ridiculous that the the double standard of the just hypocrisy ah, of it that. is typically we oh, would look, would you right say as, as we are news, watching this Pentagon uh, drops ban on transgender troops. Ah. Drop, wow. Okay. Like so that, ha, that's hmm. kind of that that would be awkward as well if you're in the military. I mean, Jason, you were in the military. Wait. Yeah, I I just don't see how that would work. I I don't see. Uh, I come from the Marine Corps, which they have very loose uh, unsaid rules. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm not. You know, yeah, I, don't, I hate to say yeah. code red type stuff, but yeah. um, it's a very boys will be boys organization and girls will be girls organization. Because I'm sure they do the same thing the female Marines do. But I can't imagine. I can't imagine the safety for people that are mentally insane. Yeah, I think you said it yesterday that if you can meet the same standards, I don't care if you're green, blue, yellow, black, white, a man or a woman. You can do the same thing that everybody else can. You meet these standards, then, okay, go be a Marine. Go be a fireman. Go be a policeman. Yeah. If you start to lower stuff, then you're going to start threatening us, where if you're a Marine and you're trying to save me, but you can barely carry your AR, or you're tripping over yourself because you're dying because you have asthma, come on. You're making the situation worse. Not only are you threatening me, but you're going to threaten yourself. People are going to try to rescue you, and then we all get screwed. Yeah. So. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, but Marines don't carry, carry ARs. No, they don't. They carry <laughs> M4s. <laughs> M16s and M4s. You have been corrected. It's okay, Andrew. We still like you. On that note, let's take a break. (laughs) Oh, going to the break. Yes. Wow. Let's go. Our coworker decided to leave me off of this tweet, and he says, "JP, Jason, <laughs> yo, where are we eating lunch after this? We got well, one. Yes, Woo! we got don't tweets. Got one. It's totally fast and furious. <laughs> figure that out for yourself because you didn't invite me. But I guess also, I'm go home. on Adam's point, he is a large, biggest Star Wars fan in this company. Yes, he is. Which brings us to our next topic, which is James Cameron's 
James Cameron. James Cameron. James Cameron. There you go. Slammed Star Wars. <laughs> yes. The uh, Force James Awakens. Cameron, who directed Titanic and Avatar and Terminator, some of the there he is, some of the biggest movies out of Hollywood. He didn't like Star Wars, but of course he was saying things like, "Well, my buddy George yeah. Lucas and I." Which okay, you know, there's your first mistake: being friends with George Lucas. <laughs> Second, of course George is pissed. Okay, so look, I agree. The the new Star Wars was not that original. Yes. But I believe, I was telling Jason about this in the break, that it is kind of an homage to the old to mm. be able to bring those fans into the new, but also redoing the story because that original story was so great. And so this new one is kind of it's kind of just honoring the, the past with giving the future to a new generation. You kind of sound yeah. like you're an I'm apologist with, for a not original plot. I, I'm with our director, like. Nina Jar Jar Binks. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just shut That's up. That's horrible. Yeah, just go away. <laughs> just get out. But <laughs> don't forget what James Cameron did. He did, okay, Titanic. I still haven't seen it. I know. I'm crazy, but whatever. Um, Wait, Avatar, you haven't seen Titanic? No. No, I've seen every other movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> it looks boring. It, okay, anyways. Everybody dies at the end. I know how it ends. Um, no, oh, Kate doesn't sorry. die. No. Oh, oh, now you ruined it. <laughs> Most people drown, though, yes. Okay, but Avatar. I mean, guys, this is Fern Gully and Dances with Wolves, and mm-hmm. all, it's not. A, that's not an original idea. To other be fair, than okay. The hair that Andrew brought up. Okay, so you can have hair that you can plug into things. You don't want hair that you can just plug into a tree and talk to it, or plug it into a horse and then you just you think it and it does it for you, or a bird that you can go fly. That sounds. You know how many kids probably took their hair and like tried to plug it into things. Who has hair that's like five feet long? Hmm. Good point. There. Okay. Anyway, Hollywood does not make a lot of original stuff anymore anyway, so this is par for the course. They typically copy other country stuff and just remake it. Look, uh, Titanic, there's nothing original about Titanic. I mean, it's a story. You just retold a story. Yeah. Uh, Avatar. Oh, wait. It's, you, look, <laughs> there's, there's nothing too original about Avatar. I mean, it, it's a cool movie. We enjoyed it as we enjoyed Titanic, I but it wasn't that original. Terminator was original. I Terminator was Terminator original. Was. Was I'll give you one. that. Yeah. But, he, but he's still, he's hitting, he's hitting, he's being hypocrite, basically. He's, but we, all, we enjoyed Star Star Wars as well. James Cameron also like gave kudos to George Lucas for the, the six films. Okay, the first four, five, and six, great original films. One, two, and three sucked. <laughs> they were horrible films. Yeah. So yeah. you can't say that that was imaginative. Because well, he says, really I felt that George's group of six films had more innovative visual imagination. Well, look, it's six versus one. There's only been one movie so far. Yeah, and he literally is starting over. Eight comes out. He's Innov- literally That's an over. interesting quote, though. Innovative visual. Like, George Lucas did break brand new ground when he brought in Star Wars. Like, we- all the stuff they did broke, broke brand new ground. There's nothing original visually that they did with Star Wars. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. That's kind of like a tall order. I'm he- told we have another tweet. Oh, Uh-oh. let's see oh. it. And it's supposedly real. And <laughs> love the format with all four of you. You guys should get your own show. I would watch it. Well, I can't. I love that idea. I love that person. Mary? You should. Marty? I can't see that. That is fantastic. I think Marin. you should continue to tweet that. You can also tweet it at Glenn Beck. Yes, the boss. At The Blaze TV. That's right. Everyone that's watching right now, forward that over to and CC at Glenn Beck. That would, uh, That's a that great would help idea. us out. Uh, Let our boss know we need our own show so we can get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was fun. I, I this had was a good fun. time today. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Pat. Good and and Jeffy for doing this. Thank you guys for taking vacation. Next time, Caleb is not invited back. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut gallery over there. So, <laughs> what do you have for us next? What are we doing? Where are we going to lunch, Andrew? I'm going home. Oh. 
Wow. Really? Half a day? No, I'm going home to eat lunch, then I'll come back home. I'm down the street, so I'm not going to go spend money at a restaurant. I'm going to go home. You can we'll go out to we'll be at Fast and the Furious. Yeah. If anyone's around watching right now, we're there in Irving. So. Fast and Furious. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's an Asian food restaurant. It's really good, actually. Really good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Adios. Take it easy. <laughs>